Hey guys, we welcome you to the 18th episode of our podcast here, a casual podcast for the casual talking. We are your hosts, William Isaac and Pranit. Yes, finally, we have her on the show. Okay, guys, make sure you're living in the present rather than the future. And today we have a very special guest who was a keyboardist of Harry Styles and worked with multiple artists like Dua Lipa, Kate Tempest, Katie Tungstall, and more. She featured in the BBC KEXP and also performed the vocals for the end credits of Ghost of Tsushima, which you might know as a game PewDiePie recently streamed. Without further ado, let's hop in and welcome Claire Uchima. Hello. Hey Claire, welcome to our podcast. It's a real pleasure having you on the podcast. I got to say that uh like we've been looking forward for this from a really long time, but finally it has happened today. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Thank you for having me. So, so how are you doing? Really good. Thank you. Um I'm in the countryside in Scotland. Good. I managed to escape London just <laughs> just in time before lockdown and yeah. Yeah. So Claire you're from Japan Osaka right? Yes. Yes. So your mother is Scottish and your dad's Japanese right? Yes, that's right. So how did it feel to be multilingual? <laughs> um I wasn't always. So I I was born in Japan and I grew up there. Mm-hmm. Um my I had a bit of a strange upbringing because back then in the 80s there okay. were hardly any foreigners in Japan especially mm-hmm. in Osaka where we were and so we were like this big alien family <laughs> and yeah and my dad as well he is his parents so my grandparents are from the Okinawa islands so they didn't feel japanese either mm-hmm. um, and i didn't go to an international school or anything just a, a normal Quite a rough school, <laughs> a rough area. So, um, uh, my mom did try her best to teach us English, me and my siblings, but we were just not interested at all. So, um, I wasn't, I wasn't really fully bilingual until I moved to Scotland, and then I was forced to learn English. Being in Japan, it's like a lot of there's a lot of culture and tradition yeah, around yeah. you, and the way you grow is totally like traditional mm-hmm. and different. Yeah, very different. To Scotland, there's a whole new culture you're exposed to. So, and you were 15, right, when you moved? Yes, I was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, how did you feel and adjust to the surrounding around you? So, when we were growing up in Japan, I I look, mm-hmm. I think, out of all my siblings, I look the most Japanese. Um, and uh, he, here in the West, I look Japanese, but when I'm in Japan, I don't look Japanese. So. my whole childhood was feeling like uh feeling misplaced like i was an outside person i didn't fit in at all and um yeah feeling very foreign and i i don't think people were used to foreigners back then so we got pointed at a lot wherever we went so feeling like an alien basically and then moving to scotland also it, <laughs> that just continued <laughs> Um but I've got to say you know putting up uh, it was it was very very difficult but putting a positive spin on it which we should always do that um it, it's made yeah. me a very 
flexible person. I feel like I could go anywhere and just adapt and be okay. So you told me you were feeling alienated. Did you have trouble making friends? Um, I didn't or... have that many friends <laughs> when I was when I was. I had one or two, I think. Um, yeah, it's so funny. Kids don't like to be different. Well, they. I had one friend who was who's still my friend now. Okay, so you were a Japanese. Yes. Yeah, a That's Japanese nice. girl who was my neighbor, and um, so some other people too. Yeah, I have um, a good good connection still to Japan. Uh, well, we we checked out your song and your first ever original, Just a Word, right? So, Just a Word was just a, a little demo that I put out without even advertising it, really. So, because I'm usually a session musician, I usually play for other artists in their bands. So, when it comes to my okay. my solo stuff, I don't think that I am a solo artist. How did you come up with this in the first place? Um, Many people choose the usual path: um, get a degree, finish mm-hmm. your studies, get a job. Yeah. How did you deviate from that? Ah, okay. Come down yeah. to this. Yeah, and it is a wonderful path. So basically, when I moved to Scotland when I was fifteen, I because I couldn't really speak English very well, and mm-hmm. again, I just went to a normal school in Glasgow, where where my mum is from. But it's so hard to understand if you're not used to it. Like <laughs> the Scottish accent is quite hard to understand. Um, so I was in school and I had no idea what was going on. And um, so okay. the only thing that I could get myself into was music and maths and art. Well, Claire, you actually, uh, you know, while reading about you on your website, I came across you said that music became my easy escape as I could barely speak yeah. English. Like, how did your teachers help you and your surrounding friends help oh. you on getting your music as a career? So when when I was in Glasgow, it was just like a little introduction, really, and it was my way mm-hmm. of trying to be interested in anything. And then um, mm-hmm. after a, a few months, we moved to the countryside where I am now. And here, I don't know what it was about this area, but um, there's a lot of artists and so many musicians. It's very much um, a very creative culture in this area of Scotland. So this is wow. when I really started to feel inspired and I just loved learning new songs and, and especially I really got into some jazz standards and um, that's what led me to choose it as a career path. So what kind of music are you in? Um, I don't know. I, I'm really into silence at the moment. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> And I've always, I've always loved silence, and I hear things when it's silent. Um, that's what I've been embracing, pretty much. Also, like uh, you said, that you started singing and mm-hmm. dancing, and you spent a gap year in Edinburgh studying dance, and then moved to London to study jazz yes, music. So, uh, what about dancing? Like, are you into <laughs> dancing too? I thought I was. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, Edinburgh was my. You know, sometimes in, in I don't know if it's just Britain or not, but um, after high school, people take a, a year. It's called a gap year, and it's a mm-hmm. chance for you to just go out and do something different before you commit yourself to uh, a degree at university. So, dancing was my gap year in Edinburgh, and. 
I mean, to be honest, I didn't last the whole year because it was, um, I don't think I enjoyed it very much, which made me think, I, I, I love, I love dancing. I just didn't enjoy the culture of it. Um, yeah, it made, it confirmed, it was confirmation that I was supposed to study to music. Do. So that's cool. how, yeah. But it was a really good experience. And I think that it's crazy for young people to know what they want to do at 18. It's it's kind of crazy that you have to decide your career path at, at that young young age and if i had it my way now i would have taken like five gap years five years out and then decide what to study at university <laughs> and what do you reckon you would take after the five oh and um, i think i would have still studied music anyway but i think <laughs> in the five gap years <laughs> I would have um, nice. maybe like learned more languages. I love, yeah, okay. I love to have maybe traveled a, a lot more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I traveled a lot in my music career, but it's not the same when you're touring. Like you actually say that, you know, over your 15 years of experience, oh, yeah. you have worked and toured with like uh, Kate Tempest, Harry Styles, Katie yeah. Dunstall and many more like so what's like what was your first step like towards going and like collaborating with them my first proper tour was with an artist called ghost poet um so yeah he was my first first artist that i properly toured with and it was pretty tough not because of the, the people but just um it was like we at one tour we did 30 shows in 35 days so wow. that's crazy that's cool. and we were in a, a, a van not even like a bus or so after that this is how I got into like my well-being side of things I didn't know how to stay well when my body was just so exhausted and feeling I, I didn't know how I was gonna get the energy to do another show and um, that's yeah that's when my interest grew in like more the holistic side of my my hobbies and i started just like really being into health and well-being not just body but mind as well so you also work mm -hmm. with dually i did a, a, a tv tv performance with her the graham Nolan show and then you featured there how did how did it oh that? it's they're so lovely she's lovely and just i still have this question as to why there was so much silver on the show. oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> that was um, quite cool. I thought, um, yeah, it was really. I love wearing matching outfits. I don't know what it is, but I just, I love being. I think it looks really cute. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I enjoyed that, and uh, the band's lovely, and she's, you know, she's so powerful. I find, yeah. So that was fun. Well, Claire, actually, you said that you founded Skincare and Wellbeing Company, Major yeah. Medicine, in October 2016. Yes. So, what actually got you like to start this company? So, well, exactly what I just said about you know being on tour and finding it hard to stay well, and I was always trying yeah. to find secrets, secrets to health and well-being, and you know what the difference? Mm -hmm. This is my my interpretation but the difference of wellness and well-being i wanted to make a contribution for the, the world's well-being and because right being a musician is not easy being on tour is not easy so actually i've tried to quit so many times <laughs> and one of the times i quit i think it might have been after the ghost poet tour 
I was like, okay, this is not for me. I'm gonna take some time out. And that's the year. In 2014, I went to India to study yoga. And I thought I was gonna become a yoga teacher. I didn't, but um, it was like one of the best things I did. And um, that's the year I started studying skincare. And so all of that, I was really, yeah, research, study all year I did that and yeah I was completely preparing to go with that and not music but it's funny how your life turns out because the universe was like ah, ah you're not done yet come back and um, <laughs> I, I am very inspired by Kate Tempest so I couldn't say no I had to do it it was one of those one of those um offers you know so that's how I, I came back to music. I keep doing that, going off and doing holistic things and then coming back to music. So it's quite... The Kate Tempest style is totally different from a lot of other yeah. artists I generally listen to. So what do you think about that? Um, Kate is... She has this ability to channel information from a cosmic source. Uh, this is not what she says, this is what I think. Her okay. words come from a different place. That's all I, that's how I would um, try to explain her. She's so, but because of that, she becomes very um, sensitive and vulnerable. So she feels, she feels the, the pain of the world, you know. She can empathize other people's pain. And that, with that, there's something so beautiful, fragile and vulnerable. When you're watching her, it's really incredible. Yeah, so yeah. you perform at BBCKXP, so yeah. how did it feel like? Um, so that was in, we, we've done a couple for them. One was Iceland Airwaves Festival, I think. Was it Airwaves? We were in Iceland and KEXP had come over from Seattle and they did like a special mm-hmm. show yeah. show there. So we we performed there. That was fun. That was um, with a, a, the full band. And then recently, I think that this was last year, we went to Seattle and we popped by. And I just love that show. I think they have such a good vibe. Um, yep. They've got good taste. You're going live and you're performing among millions of people. It's kind of like performance is what if something goes wrong? Oh gosh, what if that goes wrong? What if this goes yeah. wrong? Especially when, when you're working with an artist like High yeah. Styles where so many people are devoted yeah. to him and he seems super oh. nice to you, you. I saw a clip of you both literally yeah. teasing each other. You, you weren't giving him oh, the right. mic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Was that in Japan maybe? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. No, so we were me. such a lovely, lovely team. I loved that really. It was like one of the best experiences of my life. Um, yeah. uh, we really, we got on so well. The band was just there was this lovely natural chemistry between us and um yeah what a great great team but yeah he's so lovely he he doesn't change much you know in front of the camera or not he's pretty much the same person yeah the question you asked me before i didn't answer it properly you asked me what happens when things go wrong yeah things do go wrong when you when you practice enough you one of your jobs becomes to kind of like pretend nothing went wrong (laughs) you just you just improvise around it and 
this is one of this is this becomes part of your skill to just kind of go with whatever that's yeah so you become very good at going with the flow you can't swim against the current you have to go with the current and just make it work whatever when you practice enough your mm-hmm. your body moves it's muscle memory so yeah, it is very rare to make mistakes if you're focused and you're just trusting uh, trusting that you've practiced enough your your body just does what it does i guess it's quite similar to like athletes or you know yeah, your whole whole totally. being becomes what you're focusing on right so yeah oh uh, and what about your achievements yeah, actually so, oh this is a hard one isn't it because for me my achievements are pursuit to happiness you yeah, know as, as cheesy and cliche as it sounds like quite an achievement totally. and i i'm not you know i'm very much human so it's um it's an effort and a full time commitment and you have to really commit to it you know and yeah this is this is my achievement but i think i'm getting really good at it i'm still learning every day but i realize that you know people ask what is happiness yes. everyone has a different opinion of that but i realize that what resonates with me most is absence of lack yeah. when you feel like you, you're oh, yeah. not lacking in anything that's yeah the meaning of yeah the meaning of happiness to to me that statement resonates most many artists get worked up in the name of success or getting more fame or yeah. something whereas you yeah totally that's so I'm, cool. i'm not always talking with you then i'm just saying to i have my my down yeah, sure. times too but um i try my best i think achieving success yeah. is a great thing too so what are your next plans though so what do you want to do with your music career oh. and your major or are you not worried about it at all <laughs> i'm not worried i feel like this year everyone's plans have been cancelled this year anyway <laughs> yeah so i think it's challenging as humans to really we really have to start not being wow. so selfish we really have to start understanding that this earth needs a lot more good vibes Yes, um, so I feel like naturally more people are meditating and praying for the world so yeah, that's where where my focus has been there too I've been leading a a, a, a meditation circle twice a week online and it just started off as um just me and my friends but it's kind of grown it's amazing like how you care about the world and you know a lot many artists try to get their fame and try to become big and stuff which is like the prime focus but that's not your prime focus here you care about the world which is totally amazing and something which i'm inspired oh. of and i believe that our audience oh, too will so be inspired nice. by this yeah. So guys as we're coming to the end of this episode we had an amazing talk with Claire. Uh, do you want to like tell anything to our audience like you know the future singers and artists and entrepreneurs. So do you have I, any I message do. for them? I think the the best thing you can do is to really find your true self, your true authentic self because when when you find that um you stop mm-hmm. competing, you stop comparing, you're on your own path and authenticity, authenticity yes. is 
so powerful and so such a gift and we exactly. all have it there's room for all of us in the plan on the planet otherwise we wouldn't be here so it's just true. finding that the true self who are we who are you Okay, guys, so we are your host, William Isaac and Praneet, signing off. Hope to see you soon in the next episode of our podcast Thank here. Thank you. See you.